This is In the Thick, an anthropological podcast with Brianna and Kayla. And we want to welcome you guys to our second episode. And we are streaming it live from Cal State Long Beach, which means we are outside and you're going to hear all the background noise. Even though we are in a sound booth, it's not completely closed off. Cool, it's exciting. Live. We out here. Unpredicted. Uh-huh. Unscripted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, today... Today, we're going to have, as Kayla said before, we're having a live show today, which means we're going to bring in people that are outside at the World Anthropology Day. Today is World Anthropology Day, February 20th. 2020. 2020. 2020. To 2020. The year of abundance. Yeah. yeah. No, it's a good year. It's going to be, it's a good year. I Great feel year. It. Great year. So, we have people coming in from all over the campus to check out the, um, we have podcast station. We have VR. We have some posters. Kayla's poster is up today. Woo-hoo, so excited. Um, we have a bunch of other interactive things that you can come and do at World Anthropology Day today. So um, I guess we should get into our topic. Yeah, we should. But I think just in case we do have listeners, which I hope that don't go to Cal State Long Beach or are kind of not familiar with our program. So we have a really cool anthro, anthro program here at Long Beach, and we have a lot of cool and exciting new technology that a lot of anthropology departments aren't using. So one of the biggest things I think our department offers is a lot of VR, virtual reality uh, technology, and ethnography films that are produced. So we do have a couple stations today that are exhibiting those, pro no, not programs, those projects <laughs> um, and such. So it's really cool. I mean, if you guys have seen just regular documentaries, Imagine seeing it in VR, where it's 360 all around, sometimes 3D, uh, really cool content. So that is one of the things that our anthropology department does, and it's super cool, along with we have a podcast. Which is even more cooler. Exactly. It's on Spotify, guys. It's on Spotify. (laughs) It is. We are live on Spotify. And then also today, we're we're showcasing student research. So, you know, we got a couple things going on at Cal State Long Beach. That's pretty cool. And, yeah, you can hit us up in the email if you have any questions. Yeah, check us out on uh, com. That's where you'll find our creators page. You get to read a little bit about me and Kayla. Um, you will listen to the podcast live from off the um, off the website. But you can also go on to Anchor and Spotify and follow us to get your daily updates of In the Thick. But um, that was a great introduction, Kayla. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so, I just, I have big dreams that people across the United States will be listening to this. I, I feel Worldwide. Like I you know? feel like, like they are. I feel like they are. <laughs> and they got to kind of know what we got going on over here. So. Yeah. So uh, today we have a topic on um, what it means to be an American and live in America today. That is our topic for today. And for um, our first our first person, our first yeah. contestant. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're kind of asking people this question and just letting them give us their answer, you know, unfiltered and... Yeah, unscripted. So, whatever they um, want to say. So be prepared. So hi, my name is Jared. I am studying applied math and economics and doing a dual track in international studies. Um, yeah, and I'm a sophomore right now. And what does it mean to be an America, American in America today? I feel like that's like a really... It's like almost like a loaded question just because it's so complex and deep because America 
isn't just like one group of people. We're so diverse. And I think, especially if you're in a first generation American household, there's all that feeling of like, your parents really want you to succeed in America. So sometimes in the process of like assimilation, you kind of lose out on pieces of your own culture. And I think that your own culture is also what defines you as American. Does that make sense? That totally makes sense. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. Yeah, like the other day I was talking to my mom and I was like, dim sum is just as American as pizza and spaghetti is. Because, I mean, America is like a melting pot. There's so many different things that contribute to the American consciousness. And she's like, no, that's Chinese. And I'm like, well, we're eating it in in America. And and, and Americans are eat. we're American, and Americans are eating this food, so it's just as American as any, any other type of cuisine that we have here in America. Growing up, I was really blessed to live in a very Chinese-American community, so I think when, when, um, when I've heard about other people's experiences being, like, the only Asian person at their high school, um, that's like hard for me, I guess, to identify with because I was blessed to be in a community where a lot of the people had the same culture. But I mean, it made it a very closed off community too. So it kind of reinforced a lot of the, a lot of the tightness of the community also reinforced some of those traditional values that was like really enforced in that type of like space. So I think one thing is that I never felt like I was being judged for like eating dumplings at school Mm -hmm. or like eating, you know, like, I guess like noodles, like everyone was eating noodles and dumplings. So in that way, I kind of felt like um, I felt safe, but also in other aspects, like being being queer was not accepted in my church community. So that made it really hard for me to come out to people because um, like for the immigrant experience, I guess, for my parents, like a large part of it is that they really relied on their faith to to get through some of the traumatic experiences that they had, you know, moving to America. But ma- that made it also so much that like they they have a version of like um, the American dream or American happiness for me. That isn't what I identify with anymore, if that makes sense. Hmm. That's very interesting because not only are you first-generation immigrant, but you also are queer, which is, like, kind of like a double-edged sword. It really is. At the same time. So, like, um, from that perspective, with both of those things combined, what does it mean to, like, live in America and have those two things kind of, like, playing against you? Yeah. Yeah, I feel like... Um, on like my culture, I don't feel like has been judged as much as my queerness. Like I definitely had, when I came out on a post on my Instagram to like everyone, um, my mom had known since my sophomore year of high school, but she kind of was like in denial. She's like, oh, she's just going through a phase. Like she'll pass through. But then when I posted it on my Instagram and let the whole world know, my mom freaked out. She sent me like two really long emails with like Bible verses and was like, Jaira, let me help you through this. And I'm like, I don't need fixing. Like, I actually felt more whole coming out of that experience coming out because I was like, if I give love to myself, then I have more to give to other people. I'm Turi. I am a grad student here at Cal State Long Beach. That's a very complicated question. And it definitely doesn't have one answer. Um, For me, I think the question of national identity is always a fraught one 
almost no matter who you're talking to, although some people are very simplistic about it. For me, you know, whether you're talking about being an American citizen or resident or a citizen or resident of another country, being it means being subjected to the systems that make up that nation's government. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was born in San Bernardino, so nearby here. And I was raised in a bunch of different places throughout the country. So Arizona, Louisiana, back to California. And I guess, I guess that gave me a broader view of the country than a lot of people that I would go to school with as a kid did because, you know, a lot of people would stay put in the same place for their entire childhood. But I traveled around and I saw a lot of different ways of living as a child. So I think that definitely contributed to me having a broad perspective and understanding that it doesn't mean just one thing. It means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. And they're all correct. And I go by NOLA sometimes. Uh, I'm a anthropology uh, major and I'm gonna hopefully do like deep ecology studies later on. For me, the concept of America is just heady to begin with because um, it's a huge ass country and um, the, when people think of American, of, of being an American, it's kind of uh, one, you're like in the States, like you were born in the States, so there was that. But then, uh, like I'm, uh, my dad is an immigrant, like he came here when he was six years old and um, like he became an American as he was growing up. Like it was something that he developed, I would say. America is a country of ideas and subscribing to those ideas. So it's the idea of America that keeps America together. Cause I mean, if we all just, uh, if we all talk to each other, we'd be like, we don't have similar experiences at all. I mean, California, I think we're, we're probably very different than like, um, like Montana. Like I wouldn't, um, if you put someone, you just drop them in the middle of Montana and you'd be like, okay, yeah, sure. Um, yeah, this is America. Sure. But then you drop them in the middle of like Washington. You'd be like, oh, these are the same place. Uh, it's, uh, the geographical difference differences like urban versus rural, I think what all keeps us together is um, just that belief that we all subscribe to that idea. We all um, learned that same history, even though like half of it's incorrect. So my name is Itzel Contreras. I am a first year uh, graduate student in the Applied Anthropology program. What it means to be American in the United States, uh, that's a complicated question. My answer is I, I'm a first generation student. Um, so my parents immigrated from Mexico and Guatemala to the US. Um, to them, it was a very different experience than mine because I grew up learning more of the American culture, the English language, um, but I also grew up in a community with a lot of Hispanics. So uh, I feel like me being American, I had to learn like 
three different cultures because I had to learn American culture, Guatemalan culture, and Mexican culture. Uh, so I felt like it was a very difficult and challenging experience for me because um, I didn't feel like I fit into one place here because there's so many subcultures and communities here in the U.S., especially in SoCal. I had to like have different identities, if that makes sense. It was hard for me because my parents couldn't help me out since they didn't go to college. My sister went to the community college, but then she dropped out. So she didn't have the experience to transfer from community college to like a Cal State or a UC. So I was all on my own. Um, so when I, was when I was applying to colleges in high school, I did all the research on my own. Um, and it was hard because I, I had wished that like I had family members to tell me what the process was like, but I had to like rely on my counselors, advisors, and teachers to tell me what it was like. And then when I got here, I still struggled um, trying to find resources, like especially financial aid, and then um, you know trying to register for my classes, you know all that type of stuff. Exploring my major, for example, um, it was me just going into survival mood, trying to look for different resources for me to to help myself um, succeed as a first generation college student. So I'm Alex, I'm a grad student here. Uh, I'm working on uh, my thesis, which is on student homelessness and food and housing insecurity. Um, I think actually what it means to be an American today is kind of a complicated thing. Um, I think in the purest sense now, that's not like part of the whole like MAGA Trump thing is like the what it means to be an American now is to be like defiant against like oppressive powers. So like defiant against like the whole Trump regime and defiant against like the whole conservative wave and kind of be like, no, like, be like, no, like, like fuck that. Like, no, we're not gonna do that. Like we're gonna stand together. So I think that's kind of what it means now i don't i don't know if anybody's really super proud to be an american these days job materials yeah, we it's kind about. of almost embarrassing <laughs> um but i think i think defiance but in like not the not the come and take it like conservative right-wing way but kind of like we're gonna stand together and we're gonna make our country the way like where everybody's included so that's what i think Let's ask each other that question. So, like, what do you think? What um, What is being American to you and living in America mean to you? I mean, like, you? I don't want to say I'm anti-America. <laughs> right. Well, you know, I was thinking about this yesterday when we were kind of talking about the ideas for today's show. And I think that sometimes when you criticize anything that's going on, it, like, automatically means you're un-American, that you don't love this country. But I don't think that's true. But I think they're are a lot of social issues that we're facing in this country today. Right. And that doesn't mean that I don't love America and I'm not grateful to be here because, yes, we do have a lot of different freedoms and all the kinds of things that come with being American, right? Mm -hmm. But at the same point in time, there's a lot of stuff that's wrong and there's a lot of injustices and there's a lot of people that are suffering. Right. And if you speak out against that, automatically you're un-American. I think that's... Yeah. I mean, like, you know, I've been in America my whole entire <laughs> life. I was born here. Me too, you know? me too, me too. Um, but... Being an American, I feel it's just like you have the freedom to decide 
what we will and what we will not participate in, what we will and what we will not take, you know. Um, there's a lot of rules and regulations that are unfair and unjust. There's a lot of uh, social injustices that we have within America, but we have the voices and the opportunity to speak out against them. Unlike other, there's some countries that they don't have the opportunity right. to speak out, you know. We have democracy. Yeah, we have democracy. But, um, you know, being a, a, an American, it feels, it's like, it's kind of double. It's like also, like I said with her, it's a double-edged sword. You know? Like, yeah, I live in America, and yeah, it's cool at the same time. But I also know how my people are treated in America. And it's just like, am I really American? Or, like, you know, I know my, my people built this country pretty much. Yeah, so, you know. I don't know. It's a difficult question to answer, It Kayla. is. It's a, it is a really <laughs> difficult question. And I think that a lot of times... When you go day to day, you don't think about really where you're at. And especially most people don't think about where they are in comparison to being other places, right? So, for example, like being, you know, in a developed country versus an underdeveloped country and like understanding or even knowing, being enlightened as to what those differences are and just take for granted the fact that there's clean bottled water available to drink or, you know, there's streets paved streets to drive on and things like that right the simple things yeah the simple things and then it's hard i think too like it's really easy to get lost in the day-to-day just of like surviving and living right and then just kind of knowing like in the process of doing that what is constraining our decisions or what is governing what we're doing or how we're doing it or what we're able to do or not able to do right no um I'm definitely grateful that I get to be a part of this, you know, this country. But I'm also, you know, I see, I see everything. I see how it was created. I see the history. Right. And I see it from not, um, not what the the perspective that they think we should see it from. Yeah. I see it from the other side, and I'm glad that. I feel like anthropology introduced me to that. It lets me oh, absolutely. Like, look a little deeper into what America was besides, you know, what, what we have been, like, force-fed. You know, it's so interesting because um, just thinking about education in general and the things that I read in, like, textbooks in fourth and fifth grade and then learning in college different things Yeah, and reading different textbooks and something that's not from like a elementary school classroom it's so interesting how different it is and how as I went so much my life just not knowing a really good example that I just talked about recently was Manzanar in California it was a Japanese internment camp like it was here and we never learned about it and right. at least I didn't in any of my public education I think we got like a mini baby snippet of it like maybe in high school maybe yeah I know we definitely did not and it's crazy because it's such an ugly part of history it's terrible right but at the same point in time people need to know you know we learn from those mistakes and we move on and we make sure those atrocities don't happen again you can't just erase them from history to make it look better in my opinion right but uh yeah you you can't and like now we have the ability to uncover and dig 
and dig until we Literally, find archaeologists. Yeah, <laughs> until we find the answers, until we find um, you know all pieces of history, because it is not just told from one perspective. One perspective. There's like four hundred billion perspectives that it's told from. Right. What's that famous quote that history is always written from the perspective of the winner? Yeah, or something of exactly. that sort. I think I'm butchering it, but. Close that's enough. that's the main point, right? <laughs> yeah. Is, um, yeah. So you know, it's just important, and and that's why that's always what's drawn me to anthropology is just the richness of all these different perspectives of all these different people from the top to the bottom. Like, anthropology doesn't just study from the top looking down. We go from the ground looking up too, and there's just so many different perspectives. There's so many different perspectives, as my friend said. It's like kind of like we overthink. Everything we go deeper into everything. Yep, it's like there's a as I said before in our first podcast, there's an anthropology of everything, everything, and so like we always are constantly, even with other disciplines, we break those down to see their origins, to see like how this affects people um, around us, you know, because that's you know that's what we do. We're diggers. Like I said, I'm definitely grateful to be here. And it's great. I mean, I've been to two other countries, but they're European. So, I mean, they're similar. Along the same lines. You know, Um, but I can say, like, I'm definitely glad that I'm born here. And I wake up every day and I realize a lot of the privileges that, you know, we do have. And I love it. I just, one of the things I hate to see is hate. And it just, and especially with the upcoming election, there's just so much hate spewing back and forth. And I wish that we could just unite, you know? Mm-hmm. And then also that it's 2020. Like, it's time for the hating to, like, end. And it's time for inclusion. And it's time for to recognize that there's... America is a melting pot of cultures. Exactly. That's what we were founded on. That's we what it was. founded... From the beginning. You know, yeah. on freedom of religion. We were founded on the fact of we all came from somewhere else and then pushed out the people that actually were here, native, that lived here. And we... It was a melting pot of cultures and people. And that, to me, is the best part. Right. And I that should be celebrated. That definitely should be celebrated. I will definitely put that into my answer as well. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the human diversity. And I think that, you know, the quote that I said last time, like making a safer human difference, we are the country that was founded on difference. Yeah, and I think that's besides the freedom to be able to speak whatever you want to, you know, speak, um, for the most part. Being a melting pot of cultures, being able to blend with Asian cultures, being able to blend with African cultures, being able to blend with Russian people, like just, just the continent of, or she's country, not a continent. <laughs> um, you know, like I have met so many different groups and types of people. Right. And I have like food practices and all of that is not just because I'm an anthropologist, it's because I live in America. Right. And I could I could do that, especially living in California. Right. And I was gonna say too, it's like and then these arbitrary borders, you know, that we share, like we humans created those borders. But being in California, you get the blend of 
especially from Mexico because we're, we border Mexico and we get that culture too. And it's so rich. And, you know, we decided, Americans decided that they came and they drew that border. Yeah. And it changed over the years. If you actually look into history, it changed, you know? So we can't, we can't, I just feel we're all human. Yeah. That's like the thing. We all are. And I, like, especially living with the, with the um, Mexican border and living in California, like me and a couple of my friends were talking, we all have Mexican influences. There's taco trucks. We eat elotes. We know what elotes is. <laughs> my friend, she loves, uh, what's the, the beer and the tomato juice. Michelada. She loves micheladas. I mean, like this woman. Me too. <laughs> Me too. And but we all know, we all know what it is. Today was great. Yes, it was. It was uh, World Anthropology Day. The event that we had on campus was, I would say, a success. Yeah, we had a big turnout. Uh, a lot of people interviewed. We had a lot of good feedback uh, from the people on our topic, our question for the day. Um, even me and Kayla gave some good, good answers to the question. Yeah. Yeah. You know, experts of our own opinion, as I say. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So World Anthro Day is coming to a close here at Cal State Long Beach. It has been a gorgeous, sunshiny day. So beautiful. And we want to thank you guys for listening to In the Thick, an anthropological podcast. Live. Uh, Live <laughs> with Brianna and Kayla. And so to end out the show, we're going to have a quote from Kayla in our new segment called Kayla's Quotes. <laughs> and to be clear, these aren't quotes that I wrote. Uh, I'm just picking famous anthropological related or from anthropologists yep. quotes. Anthropological related quotes. So today's quote is by famous American anthropologist Margaret Mead. And the quote is, never doubt that a small group of thoughtful, committed citizens can change the world. Indeed, it is the only thing that ever has. Wonderful. Yeah. We want to thank you guys for listening. And until next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.